Well, good morning, girls and boys. Nice to see you. Returning to the book of Jonah, I'm reading verses 11, 12, and 13. So, follow in your Bible. The book of Jonah, the chapter 1, and the verses 11, 12, and 13. We have the sailors speaking here. That's who's referred to in the opening words of verse 11. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought, and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. As we continue the study, here in the book of Jonah, Jonah has been overtaken by the Lord's judgment for his defiance and disobedience, his running away and refusing to do what it was the Lord required of him. The Lord wanted him to go to Nineveh, a great city. It was full of wickedness, and God's judgment was about to fall upon it, but God in mercy was sending Jonah to warn them, let them know. You know, boys and girls, that's one thing God has done. This world lives without a thought of God. People have risen up this morning, got out of bed, dressed, got their breakfast, hopped in a motor car and headed off to work without a thought of God. Without a thought of God. The vast majority of people, that's how they started the day. And they live the rest of the day without a thought of God or any consideration of the fact that judgment is coming. Just as judgment hung over the city of Nineveh, so judgment hangs over this whole world. But God in kindness has repeatedly sent out warnings, told the people that judgment is coming. Now, people don't pay much heed. In fact, they pay very, very, very little heed. But still God in his kindness has sent out the warning. And he wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh with the warning. Jonah didn't want to do that. In actual fact, he would have preferred God's judgment to fall on Nineveh, that it might be destroyed. Because Nineveh was a a threat, a danger to the people of Israel. And Jonah was thinking of them. And thinking to himself, it would be far better if God destroyed Nineveh and there'd be no more threat from them. But that wasn't God's will or purpose. And Jonah was wrong in thinking that and in acting as he did, running away. Well, you can't run from God. You cannot hide from God. You just can't hide from him. And God has so many ways of reaching out and touching you. And in this instance, we have the storm sent by God. And it takes hold of the ship in which Jonah is. And they realize that they're going to sink if this storm continues. And in the midst of it all, in their discussions amongst each other, they discover that Jonah is a prophet running away from God. And they're saying, you're the cause of this. All right, then, if you're the cause of it, what are we to do to stop the storm? To stop God's judgment? What are we to do to please God? 
and take away this danger. Well, Jonah tells We've read the verse. Jonah says, take me up, throw me overboard into the sea. And the storm will stop. Because God will have accomplished his purpose in part, and he will have stopped me running away. You see, boys and girls, Jonah had confessed that he had run away. Jonah had confessed that he had disobeyed the Lord. But that wasn't enough. The storm didn't stop. When Jonah said that I did wrong, storm still went on. And there's a lesson there for us, boys and girls. It's not enough to confess your sin. Not enough to confess your sin. But like Jonah, action must be taken. And the action that Jonah said had to be taken was action whereby he would stop running away from God. The ship was taking him away from the will of God, the purpose of God. So if he was thrown overboard, well then, he had stopped running away. And he was cast, as it were, into the hands of God. He was submitting himself into God's hand and to God's will. Now, some things we want to learn from this. We learn, first of all, from the question that the sailors ask Jonah. They said, what shall we do? And from that we learn that man doesn't know how to deal with God's anger. These sailors recognized that God was angry with Jonah, that Jonah had vexed the Lord and provoked the Lord by his disobedience. But what are we to do, they said. Man is ignorant of how to deal with God's anger. Do you know, across the world today, there are more religions than you could number. That's the truth. Many lands have more than one religion. (laughs) Why, in our own united kingdom, we have many, many, many religions. People with their own views about God. Their own views about what pleases God and what doesn't. Their own views as to what God wants them to do and what he doesn't want them to do. And there's no agreement between them. They all have their own views. And across the world, you have that multiplied again and again and again. So that, well, if you were to go out into the field and look at the grass that's growing there, you'll see there's more than grass. There's all sorts of little flowers and Weeds, all sort growing. Well, it's a bit like that when you look out on the world. There are religions of every color and every type. Why is that? Because man doesn't know what is the mind and will of God. And so he says to himself, well, I think this would please God, so I'll start doing this. (laughs) But his neighbor, he says, "Uh, no, no, I, I don't think that would be the right way. I think... And he comes up with another notion. And across the world, you have all these notions that have sprung from the mind of men as to how to worship God. That's why you have so many religions. Because man doesn't know what is the mind of God. Just like these sailors, what do we do? They didn't know what to do. And you don't know what to do. If you didn't have your Bible, that's what makes this a special book. That book tells you what God wants you to do. Never forget that. That book is 
Let me put it like this. That book is in written form. The mind of God. The thoughts of God are there. What he wants you to do, it's there in that book. That's why you must treat it reverently. That's why I have always said, that which I learned just after I was saved, I was in a meeting, and there was a dear old pastor there, he's gone to heaven, Pastor Willie Mullen, and he was preaching. And in the midst of his preaching, he did something. He had a habit, you know, when he was preaching, I'll tell you this, he had a habit. He used to read out his text, and then he would turn his Bible right over and set it down. And he very, very rarely had to refer to the Bible again because he was able to quote the verses that he wanted to use. He knew his Bible so well. And the old pastor, he was preaching, and he closed his Bible, and he took his hymn book and he set it on top of his Bible. And then, as he was prone to do, he spoke very sharply. And he said, never do that. And everybody sat up when he raised his voice like that. Never said anything, he says, on the top of the Bible. For this is God's word. And as I say, I wasn't too long saved. And that was written on my mind. I never forgot that. And ever since that, I have never been able to... Look upon someone's Bible sitting with a hymn book on top of it without being agitated and disturbed and actually sneaking over and lifting the hymn book from off the Bible. Because what he said made me realize that it's wrong to treat the Bible with less reverence and respect than any other book in all this world. Because there... You have the mind of God. There we are told what it is God wants us to do. And how it is we are to live. And how to get to heaven. Across the world, I say, there are all these religions, men's notions. And they're only guesses. And they're all wrong. Yes. Every one of those notions are wrong. Because the only... The only way of pleasing God comes from the Bible. And if it doesn't come from the Bible, if it's from the mind of man, the imagination of man, it's wrong. It's wrong. And all the religions of the world that have been invented by men, they're all wrong. Now, people don't like you saying that. There's an idea across the world today that is very popular, and that is that all religions are good. All religions are acceptable. It doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere about it. Well, that's wrong. If I get on a bus that's going to Oma, sincerely hoping to go to Enniskillen, where will I end up? Oma. No matter how sincerely I hoped that the bus would go to Enniskillen. And boys and girls, no matter how sincerely a person may wish to get to heaven... By following his own notions, he'll not get there. You only get to heaven one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So here we have illustrated in the question of these sailors, what will we do? What will we do in the face of this storm, in the face of God's displeasure, in the face of God's anger? What do we do? 
They had no idea. Well, God's prophet had the answer. Old Jonah, he told them what to do. Take me and throw me overboard, he said. In other words, stop the cause of God's anger. And the cause of God's anger was Jonah was running away. And Jonah says, well, the way to stop God's anger is to stop me running away. Throw me overboard. That'll end my running away. You know, the Bible teaches us, boys and girls, that if we're ever going to get to heaven, there has to be a stopping take place in our life. We have to turn around, stop going the wrong way, and in obedience to the gospel, step out on the right way. Let me read you a couple of verses that illustrate what it is I'm saying. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's the book of Isaiah, the chapter 55, and the verse 7. And that, in essence, is what Jonah was saying. I've got to forsake my running from God, but I've I've got to turn back again, and that means getting me off this boat, throwing me into the sea. Another verse, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I quoted it a couple of assemblies ago, but we'll read it again. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will Heal their land. The turning changes everything. And we'll see, well, it'll be our next assembly. We'll see that when the running away by Jonah stopped, so too did the storm. And when we turn from our sin and seek the Lord, God's anger stopped. And there's pardon. And there's peace. Another thing I want you to notice Time's coming to an end here for us. But quickly notice how it says in the verse 13, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. Jonah said, throw me overboard. But the men said, no, no, we're not do that. We'll try and get the boat back to the shore. And they started to row as hard as they could. But they made no progress. And that highlights the simple fact that men resist the truth of God. Men don't readily do what God says they should do. God's word to those sailors was, cast Jonah overboard. That's the way. But they said, no, we'll not do that. Instead, they tried to row to the shore. For you older ones, you might think that the sailors in doing that were trying to do a good thing. They were thinking, well, if we throw Jonah overboard, he'll drown. Can we not avoid that? Let's try and row to the shore and get him ashore and he'll be alive. So that you might think that the thoughts of the sailor were pretty good thoughts. Well, that might well be the case. I would readily acknowledge that the sailors likely were thinking, oh, we can't throw this man overboard, he'll drown. Let's try and land him. But you know, even men when they're trying to think right and do right, they still, if they defy God, are doing wrong. Do you understand that? Men might look at what God says and say, well, that's a bit harsh. That's a bit tough. I think I could do it a better way. My way. Well, that's wrong. You cannot improve upon what God says. 
You cannot come up with a better solution than that which God sets forth. And in the wise purpose of God, he had a reason for Jonah being tossed overboard. We'll look at that later. But God had a reason for that. A reason that the sailors didn't understand at that time. So consequently, they were thinking they knew better than God. And they were wrong. Don't ever think you know better than God. They tried to row to the shore, but no, they couldn't make it. The wind was against them, the sea was against them, and they just made no progress. You will make no progress in trying to do that which is different, contrary to God's mind and will. You'll never succeed. You'll never succeed in following another plan other than that which God has set out. People have tried that. Christians have tried that. Christians have been made aware of what God's will was for their lives and they said, no, I can't have that. I don't want to do that. Just like Jonah. Jonah was made aware of what God's will was for his life. And he said, no, I can't have that. I'm running away. Well, it came to nothing. And so will your plans come to nothing. And your life be empty. If you try to go another way other than that which God has set out for you. Then, I'll close with one more thought. I think we have to take note of Jonah's willingness to be thrown overboard. Jonah didn't say, well, I have got to stop running away, so I'll tell you what you'll do, turn the boat round and row to the shore. He didn't say that. Because he knew that wasn't the will of God. Instead he said, throw me overboard. I don't know what will happen if I'm thrown overboard, but if you're to be saved, all you sailors, and if this ship is to be spared, you've got to throw me overboard. Don't you think that's remarkable? That Jonah should have been ready to be sacrificed in that way to save the sailors? You see, at work in the heart of that man, Jonah, who was a good man, oh, he was in disobedience, yes, but he nevertheless was in essence. A good man. There was at work in his heart the same spirit that brought the Lord Jesus from heaven to face the storm of God's wrath in order to save sinners. Just a little bit of that same spirit was found there in Jonah. He said, if you're to be saved, you men, throw me overboard. Throw me overboard. There are many places in the Bible where we see among God's people that same spirit. I was thinking this morning, just before I came down, of the opening verses of Romans chapter 9. Look it up. You older ones. Romans chapter 9, verse 1, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He's talking about Israel, his fellow Jews who rejected the gospel. He's talking about them. And he says, I'm telling you the truth. I could wish myself lost that they might be saved. I tell you that's the same spirit that you see in Jonah. Throw me overboard. That's the only way you're going to be saved from this storm. And it pictures for us what the Lord Jesus did for each one of you here who are saved. He cast himself into the storm of God's eternal wrath and made peace with God for you. 
That storm stopped when Jesus died. And there's no more storm for those who are under the precious blood. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved this morning? Are you trusting in the Savior? Oh, I hope you are. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank Thee for Your Word. I just pray that the Spirit of God will explain it and bless it to the hearts of every boy and girl here. All here. And may we rejoice in God's love and mercy. Bless the school. Cover it, Lord. Keep it from the storm that rages out there in the world. Keep it safe. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.